0: This is Lee Wilkins, your co-host for Thinking Out Loud. I'm here today in the KBIA studios with Verna Laboy and her intern, Judith Mumtama, from Columbia and Boone County Public Health and Human Services. We're going to talk about health disparities today. Ladies, welcome to Thinking Out Loud. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to start with sort of a basic question because the phrase health disparities I don't think is been in our vocabulary all that long. So Verna, when I say the phrase health disparities, what in general does that mean? And how specifically does that apply in Boone County?
1: My goodness, health disparities to me um, is a very sad term because it's being applied to my tribe, so to speak. My uh, community, the black community. Uh, for me, it means that my people are dying at a much higher rate from preventative chronic diseases than um, our majority white population. And it's at a critical crisis, not only in Columbia, Boone County, but across the state and across the nation.
0: Yes, I was going to say, having spent a few years in Detroit, absolutely. So I know that you focus on a couple of really important things, one of which is a disease that I have as well. But I know that you, mm-hmm. ta- you talk with a lot of folks about hypertension, mm-hmm. which is in many ways preventable. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the basic disparity, if if you will? Can you describe the disparity between African-Americans and Caucasians in -hmm. terms of, you know, incidents and treatment and all that other sort of stuff. I'm going to
1: have Judith address the disparities. Uh, We had lifestyle coach training at the health department last night, and we'll talk about live well by faith, which is the program which the Columbia Boone County public health and human services creatively and genius put together for our community to address these disparities in um, the black community through their places of worship, mm-hmm. the, the faith base. So, so Judith, yes, yeah. Let yeah. Judith, Judith, tell us what that.
0: we're talking about here.
2: Yes, if we look, for example, if somebody's not feeling well, the first port of call is at a hospital. So if you look at statistics from a hospital, for example, in Boone County, a black resident seeks medical care for diabetes at the emergency room 5.6 times more often than the white Caucasian. And a black is hospitalized three times more often and dies at a rate three times greater than a white resident. All this from the chronic diseases. So you can tell by these statistics that the black American is affected more or is more at risk than the white Caucasians.
0: And I know that there are a series of reasons for that that are kind of mm. what I call nested. One of them talks uh, to the other. But mm. but Verna and, um, and Judith, just tell us, mm. what are some of the reasons for this horrible gap in um, medical care and mm. in treatment and, and all the rest?
1: Yeah. I don't think there's one reason. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, it's it's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's very complicated. It's a a, a basket, a nest mm-hmm. of tangled up, mm-hmm. complicated reasons. So let's pull um, some items uh, he, out of that he, basket yes. and if talk I, about if them. If I
2: could start off by one which could contribute, maybe people look at it as minor, but that's the one which you cannot change, and it's genetic. What I learned in the last two years, I was undertaking my master's in nutrition education and physiology, uh-huh. is that when you are talking about the at-risk blacks, be it blacks in Africa or the African-American in America, they are more at risk of chronic diseases genetically.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But maybe that's like a 25%. Uh-huh.
0: So if we say that's something, since most of us cannot change our parents, Mm -hmm. even though we might Mm -hmm. like to ask my daughter, um, (laughs) so if there's that 25%, then what's the other 75% that sort of accounts for these these disparities?
2: Exactly. And that comes my line of study, which looks at nutrition and dietetics and exercise. Uh Uh-huh. So the first one is nutrition, what you eat, because what you eat determines what you are. Yes. But unfortunately, we cannot talk about what you are eating today. Like you asked us what we ate for lunch. <laughs> so it's not just necessarily what you've eaten today or yesterday. It comes from what your mother was even eating when you were in the tummy. Right. Mm-hmm. What you started eating as a baby, depending on what you have fed. Uh-huh. And as you were growing up. So really which means the foods which are not healthy Uh if taken by the mother expecting and the child after she's born, all those they all add up to the unhealthy person, be it shown as your weight, you know we talk about obesity, because we find that when you look at the issue of chronic diseases, They have obesity, most of them, in common. Yes. So the unhealthy foods at the end of the day may be the ones causing the problems of chronic diseases.
1: And in my community, Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing is people find it cheaper Mm -hmm. to eat the processed garbage and through the Mm drive-through lines of fast food Mm -hmm. than to um, go to the farmer's market, get fresh greens, fresh vegetables, and then go home and cook them. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do with the fresh vegetables.
0: Well, and I think it's 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 common in the African-American community, but I have to admit also, um, I encounter vegetables at the farmer's market that I go, hmm, never had that before, mm-hmm. wonder what you do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I, so I think that how to cook it, how to prepare it, the fact that it even tastes good is mm. you know is somewhat of a of a barrier when you're talking mm. when you're talking about healthy eating.
1: That's mm. exactly right, and so that's why we address it with evidence based programs targeting the African American population. Um, we have an African heritage cooking class where we. Mm introduce the participants to greens and herbs and spices and fruits and, and wh- vegetables grains, whole and grains. whole grains. Whole yes. Grains. yes. Mm-hmm. Whole grains mm-hmm. uh, like couscous and quinoa and mm-hmm. millet mm-hmm. that they pass in the aisle going down the bulk food section because they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we're um, we have that cooking program that runs for six weeks mm-hmm. periodically in the community And they're able to cook the food, sit down family style, eat the food and talk about it, Mm -hmm. and then take groceries home with the ingredients to make a meal for their family. That's powerful. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. And about, so it goes for six weeks and obviously throughout the year. Yes. So about how many folks have you educated um, through this program?
1: At least between 80 to 100 people Mm -hmm. have participated in this program and keep in mind there's several programs that live well by faith brings to the community and we uh complete data collection at each program for the participants weights and blood pressures Mm -hmm. and then they receive counseling when those blood pressures are you know over 130 over 80 that's Pre hypertension.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: they want you down to one twenty over seventy.
0: Which in my particular case is obnoxious because that number I has feel the moved. same
1: way. <laughs> mm-hmm. In January of this year they lowered it to one twenty over seventy. So mm-hmm. most Americans are pre hypertension.
0: Well, my doctor certainly did make that point with me. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I th- I th- and I think that's another thing that's, that's difficult for folks is like, okay, you have this number, and you don't know how scared or worried you should be about it. And many people um, have their blood pressure taken only at the doctor's office, and right. that adds mm-hmm. a level of stress. So how do you, how do you talk to people about, about yes. these sorts of things?
2: Yes, in fact, that's the area which live well by faith is doing very well. Okay. Because Live Well by Faith works through lifestyle coaches in different churches. Mm -hmm. So for for us, for example, I'm from St. Luke United Methodist. So before church service, every Sunday we take blood pressures, and even after church service, and we talk to the congregates so that they know what their blood pressure is and whether they are getting better, or if it's very high, we then refer them to go and see you know, a doctor so that they can be given medication for it.
0: So let me ask you as as you're taking the blood pressure of people who are who are coming coming to church mm-hmm, to are, so do they do they come up to you once they know you are there do you sort of have to snag them out of the line oh, and say no, they, hey it's time for this
2: <laughs> no they come because we've got a room which is open and they know so and so we've got so many lifestyle coaches uh-huh. they know it's a service which we deliver through the support from live well by faith where before church service or after church service, they may come to have their blood pressures. And you know what is interesting? Somebody may come in as they come to church and say, oh, my blood pressure, I think it's high because, no, I didn't sleep well. I was upset. So we take the blood pressure before service.
0: Uh And
2: after the services and the calming effect, you take the same person's blood pressure, you can see it has gone down. Uh So we then emphasize that even throughout the day, try to calm yourself down. And that helps to keep your blood pressure down.
0: And I and I assume whether that's in a traditional church service like you're mm-hmm. talking about or something mm-hmm. that's a little more new age like mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, the same thing applies. You know, mm-hmm. if you get if you are able to calm yourself or mm-hmm. center yourself, whatever the mm-hmm. verb is that people yes. want to use, mm-hmm. that that helps at least in the in the short term. Yes,
1: definitely. You know, we have we're dealing working with a population that has multiple barriers and. I almost feel like I'm dealing with a population of people who have lost hope.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, a lot of what Live well, Faith, Live well by Faith does is dispense hope through mm-hmm. education and increasing mm-hmm. health literacy. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a chronic disease self management program, which we um, participate in through a collaboration with University Extension. And that's a six week, two hour, two and a half hour a week program, a class where people can come and learn about how to live a happy, healthy life in spite of the diagnosis Mm -hmm. and how to rise above it how to be proactive, how mm-hmm. to prepare for doctor's appointments, how to communicate when you don't feel well so that people in that live with you and your chronic disease mm-hmm. don't want to kick you out, you know, because you're so gr- grumpy, but learning how to communicate effectively. So, I mean, this is just a lifestyle transformation mm-hmm. for participants in this Live Well by Faith program.
0: And and do you think that part of the reason that, that you're having to provide this sort of, I'm going to call it education or coaching or, or whatever is the appropriate word there, All of is, that. is because African American people tend to not get that in a family setting? Um, or, I mean... Well, when you're dealing with
1: you're dealing with so many stresses. I mean, we're dealing with a medical community that's not culturally competent. Let me just go there. Say more. (laughs) Go right away. (laughs) Let me just go there and open up that can. And um, you know, you have people that um, doctors and nurses who don't know how to communicate with the diverse cultures in which they they're in charge to serve Mm -hmm. so that's why i think this live well by faith opportunity right here next to in the middle of the university of missouri medical school you'd think they'd be running Mm -hmm. to live well by faith for intern opportunities and uh interactions with this population, no patient should receive a diagnosis and leave not understanding the treatment plan. Mm -hmm. And so many do, because they won't use words that the patient can understand. So what I'm doing is teaching our participants to prepare for doctor's appointments.
0: So you're actually having... The, your participants, in this case, the patient, the patient, becomes the person who's educating the doctor, his or her
1: physician. Oh, you he got is. it. Okay. You get pencil and paper out and you have your questions ready. So when that doctor comes through the door for that five-minute interaction with the laptop in the crock of, crook of his arm, ready to drill you with all of the questions, you could say, hold up, doc. You know, I need you to check my feet. I've got my shoes off ready for you, uh-huh. and I have these questions. And then mm-hmm. if you have a smartphone, just turn on the recorder so that you can understand mm-hmm. later or have a family member mm-hmm. go over it with you or take someone with you. So we're mm-hmm. trying, you know, help the doctor work for you. Mm-hmm. Right. One one area which I participated
2: in is just as a follow-up to what Vena is saying, is educating the lifestyle coaches to educate their people who are going to go to the doctors, mm-hmm. so that the doctor can ask for whether the patient is exercising. Uh-huh. We brought in a professor from the university, my department, nutrition, exercise, and physiology, Professor Dan Smith, to talk about a program of exercise is medicine, uh-huh. which they are now promoting to say yes. as part of the prescription the doctor should really follow up to say what is the patient doing about exercise.
0: And this is for obesity, obviously, but also for, for diabetes also Not, even, not just sorts.
2: for obesity, for okay. anybody. Uh-huh. You know, it's surprising You, if you have two people, one is obese, the other is slim maybe according to our standards. Right. It doesn't necessarily follow that the slim one is the healthier because if the slim one is sedentary and uh-huh. is not exercising that person may be worse off than somebody who may look slightly obese, but is active. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So exercise is for everybody, not okay. just the obese, but for everybody. And it's recommended that you need at least 30 minutes of moderate to, you know, you know brisk ex- exercise right. every, every day.
0: Yes, exercise that makes you breathe
2: hard. Yes. exactly, <laughs> exactly, uh-huh. exactly.
0: And, okay, so we've got... We've got these lifestyle things. We've got literally learning how to talk to your physician, educating mm-hmm. your physician, mm-hmm. if that's necessary. And I think mm-hmm. in some ways it is for all of us about yes. who you are and what your issues are, not necessarily just your medical ones, but the, the other thing that you sort of brought into the office with you. Yes. Um, so so that's part of the disparity. But after, you would think, after I see my physician, then the disparity would fade. At least that's what you would hope. According to the statistics you gave me Judith that's actually not the case. No it doesn't so automatically What else is going on? It
2: doesn't automatically you know fade away uh-huh. because it's a it's a question of what policies are in place, what systems are in place, what is the environment like. Mm-hmm. The policies are there such that the blacks or the african american they are integrated so that because if it's a question of not affording the vegetables. Right. Are they working, getting salaries enough so that they can support their families to buy the vegetables? Mm -hmm. And if you look at the systems, what are the systems which are in place to enable that, to facilitate that? For example, I'm a member at the ARC. Yes. And you will be surprised to see not so many blacks can afford to pay the membership fee, which is required to be able to go there and exercise. It's okay when it's summer when the weather is good because one can walk outside. But when the you know you know the weather is not good, either there's snow or it's very hot, you know, then somebody tends to be just sedentary because there's no way where one can go and exercise. So we would like to see a way where we encourage. Even walking is a physical activity. Walking in the mall, walking ways one can walk, right? you know. Right. But, yes, it is a complete system from beginning to end, whether it does facilitate everybody to be able to have those um, resources available or
1: not. And we have those systemic issues. Mm. I have to be honest here, again, being black in America is stressful. yes. That alone, you know, coming up in the system where you're not welcome or where you don't see yourself being successful. If you don't have parents that are college educated and have great jobs and great careers. And I mean, we do have those blacks that come from generations of success and education, but that's not the norm. Um, Most are in poverty situations. I grew up in the inner city public housing projects right. and, you know, being busted out when integration started um, back in the 60s. And so I was one of those kids who left my neighborhood and everything I'm familiar with and was bust out to the richest community in my town, my city of Peoria, Illinois.
0: Where things were very different and unfamiliar
1: very different very unfamiliar Um, nobody's thinking about eating healthy we're thinking about trying to survive yes you know every day so you're dealing with so many barriers so many factors that bombard our mental health our emotional health you throw trauma In there, which which
0: almost all (laughs) members of the African-American community in one way or another, even in Boone County, have experienced
1: the trauma of being black in America is um, that alone will drive your blood pressure up.
0: So because you said it's about hope. And because this is a difficult conversation, I think it's obviously hard for you, but I think it will be difficult for some of our listeners to hear. So what are the hopeful things that you are providing for those who participate in the program, the signs of progress that you're seeing? Because I'm thinking that there are some looking at the smile on your face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the most exciting work I've ever engaged in in my life. I'm a mature woman. I'm married for a number of years to a wonderful man. We have five adult children that are married that have brought us 20 grandchildren. Wow. And, um, you know, I am so blessed to have this position. Public health chose me. Public health came after me. I was busy in corporate America doing the corporate thing and being very miserable at it. Mm -hmm. So I am a community activist. I love this community. So I give myself to it. And because I have been placed, I've placed myself in that giving position when this opportunity came up public health reached out for me Mm -hmm. and said, Verna, do you know anyone who could take this on to drive public health into the black community through the black churches? I said, yes, and that person (laughs) would be me. Uh And so they hired someone with no background in public health, hate science, hate biology, uh, was was 250-plus pounds, Mm -hmm. very obese, blood pressure off the charts, um, had an A1C that I didn't understand until I took the diabetes education class and Uh found out I was on the fast track to type 2 diabetes with gasoline drawers on. Uh Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: this job, this increasing my health literacy has saved my life and countless others because they're walking Mm -hmm. with me Mm -hmm. on this journey. I need them. And they need me. They've watched my struggles. They've witnessed my struggles, and we've coached one another into healthy lifestyle choices through uh, this education.
0: And so, as you are your first success story, but not not the last, obviously. Um, what are some of the markers of that that you're seeing? Um, are people like? I don't want to say more ready to talk to you, but maybe that's one, maybe that's one marker of it. I mean, how do you know that you're doing what you clearly believe is such an important thing to do?
2: First of all, I think the sign is when we take the measurements of high blood pressure, uh-huh. when we take the measurements of their weight, at the beginning of a program, we take all that data And it's interesting at the end to see, depending on how much a person has lost weight, you also observe the blood pressure readings. And they would have gone down. Yes. And it works. Yes. Uh And the same people, when you then offer other programs, they are willing to come and they testify. So all those are indications that it's working. Our only... The thing we worry about is how do we increase the participants? How do we increase on the number? How do we increase the people who are coming to the black community churches Uh so that they know that this is available for them?
1: And see, our target population is Mm. African Americans, but we take anybody. You do not have to be a black American Mm. to participate in this preventive health program. Mm -hmm. You just have to be willing to go there. And get the information. Uh huh. We're open to any resident in Boone County.
0: Okay, so I'm going to, because we're close to, but not exactly, running out of time. So that's a great place to end on Verna. We're open to any resident of Boone County. So if I'm hearing this show and I realize that you could help me, how do I go about getting a hold of you, a hold of the program? Judith, how do we stop you from graduating in December so you can continue
2: this? No, I'll continue, actually. I'll start off with that, one if you don't mind. Yes. I'm a member of St. Luke's Church. I'm a volunteer lifestyle coach for St. Luke, which means I'll continue participating in this program, Irrespective of where I
1: am. Okay. That is historic, St. Luke United <laughs> Methodist Church on Ash, near Ash in Providence. Yes. Where the pastor is Reverend Rice. He's a, a white man with mm-hmm. a black congregation, very unique situation, mm-hmm. and he is so supportive. But you can reach Live Well By Faith yes, through the Columbia. Boone County Public Health and Human Services at 1005 West Worley. Call the health department, ask for Verna, and I will give you all the information you can possibly need. Also, my email is verna, V-E-R-N-A dot laboy, L-A-B-O-Y at como.gov. And I'll be happy to steer you in the right direction. Or you can go to the City of Columbia Public Health and Human Services website. There will be a tab um, that should be live in the next week or so Mm -hmm. with Live Well by Faith, giving you updates on programs that you could register for and participate in.
0: And just to remind folks, these programs, when you say register for, these are not for charge right these are just they're free
1: free. (laughs) come on it's free or the only one we charge for is the weight watchers Mm -hmm. weight watchers we have an ongoing group you can meet at friendship missionary baptist church on smiley lane here in columbia any tuesday night from six to seven and if you come through the live well by faith program we pay half of your participation fees okay it doesn't get gooder than that (laughs) (laughs) so
0: you can contact uh verna and judith through the county health department the city health department Uh, programs are free with one exception you can go to your local church you can find friends and colleagues and bring them down. So, um, Verna, Judith, thank you both so much. It's been an interesting and provocative conversation. This is Lee Wilkins for Thinking Out Loud.